into the Toronto zone. Tavares, who plays it ahead, snapped down into the zone. Out of the net is Grice. Played it to an open corner. They score! Oh, what a giveaway! A horrible giveaway, and Mitch Marner is the beneficiary. And the Leafs were the beneficiary of Mitch Marner's goal. 5-4 is the final for the Leafs at home tonight against the Red Wings. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. Gord, uh... Got, got a little hairier at the end than we would have liked, but hey, you walk away on a Saturday night with two points at home, not all that bad. You put an ISO camera on Mitch Marner the last few minutes and encapsulates what happened. So he finally gets that goal. Okay, finally. It's not a Mitch Marner end-to-end kind of goal. It's just a fortuitous one, misplay by the goaltender. So two-goal lead. Well, no, then Mitch Marner's on as well. When Detroit cuts it back by one, he lost his stick. Tavares broke his stick. Marner got his stick came back was just late coming back and okay now they get a penalty so face off with like 20 seconds left Detroit gets a penalty in the Red Wings zone they almost score so Marner's left shaking his head at the end of the game and then of course he embraces Peter Morazic because Marner's been one of the always number one cheerleaders that way and and energy guys but it just shows they least the Leafs got a 5-4 win but you are left shaking your head about just how it all went at the end but man You'll take a goal any way you can uh, when you're struggling, and a win is a win is a win. Yeah, and you know, Marner paired up with Tavares for the last handful of games with, with Nylander and Matthews kind of playing together. I thought that was maybe John Tavares' best game of the season. You know, when the Red Wings got the 5-3 goal, he came shot out of a cannon on the very next shift. And sometimes it's not about, you know, scoring the goal, but it's about having that kind of momentum-shifting shift, and I thought that's what the captain did tonight, a really strong game from him. And I mentioned him smashing the, the stick over the net there when the, the 5-4 goal by Detroit. And you, I like seeing that intensity of For late sure. from different guys. And Tavares, he took a puck early in the second period. You wondered if he got injured, but he came back. And uh, our stat was Stevie Fellon. I felt this was um, no contest once he said the stat out that Tavares, 13 times he's had three points or more with the Leafs. They've won all 13 games. So this is now 14. That's pretty this good. This is 14 times. So, well, it, it's nice to get three goals in a game. And, and tonight they got five. But, uh, yeah, just nice seeing those guys. I still can't believe Austin Matthews just has one goal. He gets the puck sometimes, and he just has that look and the way he carries the puck and that. But, you know, just, I don't know, we're going to talk one week where he gets nine goals in four games. It's going to happen. It does feel like that's going to happen. He had the one the one kind of big flurry tonight where there was the there was the moment where he was, he was coming up the, the right wing and he just kind of danced a guy and then was able to kind of flick it just just missing top corner there. And it feels like... Again, I you know I go back to momentum so much, and I don't know how much I believe it with the with the even Alex Kerfoots of the world or the kind of middle players on this roster. But I firmly believe a game like that from Tavares can shoot him into a rocket ship. And Matthews just kind of having one of those moments, the end to end, the snipe type goal. It just feels like once one of those goes for him, the dam's going to break. Well, and let's start with Marner just getting one. It's been a long going to last year's playoffs. In Matthews' case, yeah, I mean Marner really has not been having coming close to getting goals. Uh, Matthews has been, yeah, he's Austin Matthews. So, yeah, you're right. It, it just Anyway, uh, they found different ways to win the last two games. The one against Chicago, we know. It looked like it was going to be a horrible night, down 2 nothing, and they came back and won. Uh, this was a game that they pretty well had the lead pretty well all game, and different kind of game. 
Give Detroit credit. Pretty uh, pretty plucky Detroit Red Wing team, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And, and again, you know, I make the comparison to last year's Sens. I think they're going to have games like that. You know, Joe, it's funny. Joe Valino, he's almost the, the forward Rasmus Sandin. This was a guy who was supposed to be really, really – or sorry, the forward Timothy Lilligren. This guy was really highly touted in his draft year, kind of slipped. It's taken him a little while to find his way. He's only playing tonight because Tyler Bertuzzi isn't in the lineup. He, he gets one of the goals late for, for Detroit. And, yeah, that's a, that's a good, skilled, talented young team, but at the end of the day, there's no world where you shouldn't take two points away from them if you're a team like the Leafs. Remember, we're putting them on par with uh, the Hurricanes. How would they feel heading heading at home against Detroit? So yeah, they, they take care of business there. Uh, you know, a lot of positives. I know I know he lets in the four goals, but I thought I thought Mrazek, you know, I'm trying to think, there wasn't the obvious stinker. It was a couple from the slot and then, then the jam plays at the kind of end of the game. I, I thought he had he, he equated himself. He had, oh, I won't, I was about to steal your word. I thought he played very well. Well, he's at the deportment word about he had a good deportment but also, uh, he, when you're hurt and come back, uh, any player, goaltender especially, and he's still like new with this team. I know he had the one start, but he got hurt during it. So, I I, I just think it's uh, important you kind of get eased into it, and uh, and he played well. When I say eased into it, I mean just just it takes a few games quite often to get to get back to 100. percent And so I, I was happy with his play as well. And you know, let's see what gives. I mean, there's just so many things out there to see. There's still so many questions about this team. And I, I sitting with some of the scouts uh, at, at the end of the press box for a little bit. One just said, I don't know if I like this Leafs team or not. And on a night when they've won two games in a row, I'm not I, I don't, not going to beat on that. I think I think for fans, and by the way, the crowd was great. Really was. Enthused. Gave Mitch Marner a standing O when he got the goal. Like, it's a very, you know, supportive crowd that way. And a fun night on a Saturday to Hockey in Canada. But I just think there's a... There's a bit of a mystery now uh, for this Leaf team and trying to reevaluate this team that we knew, got got the linchpins, got the youth, and building around it and having to build differently every summer because of mainly, mainly cap reasons. And uh, so, yeah, we're just trying to get to know these guys. It's like a cocktail party with name tags. You know, oh. hi, Nick. You know, hi, Bunting. Hi, guys. You know, just, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah, that, and and a lot of the guys have you know you've you've liked getting to know them. You know, it's so it's so funny with Marner. You know, we always think, and I just I literally just made the case with Austin Matthews that it's going to be some highlight real goal. But sometimes you just need one to go in off your butt, and that wasn't quite that tonight. It was a good forecheck. It was a good read. He was able to take advantage of it. But yeah, definitely definitely not the the Mitch Marner type goal. You know, he had the spinorama play early on in the game. That's what you think of when you think of Mitch Marner. But you you, you hope that that can allow the 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 dam to kind of break we want to hear from you guys tonight on the text line 590 590 please include your name and location of course we're going to hear from some of the principals involved Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe will probably hear from him as well tonight uh you know this was an important game for the Leafs they have a really really tough homestand up next at home against Vegas there's all the Jack Eichel rumors swirling who knows what's going on with that either way whatever team Vegas brings here is going to be a talented talented group and now the Leafs have a shot they'll be looking for a three-game win streak now well, first thing as well is uh, now, two, you know, the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. Now, two years ago, I said that as well, and they came close to not, and they had to fire Mike Babcock, replace him with Sheldon Keefe. But this year, uh, the Leafs are going to make the playoffs, particularly with Montreal, I don't think are going. So point being tonight, Detroit, we got to get used to again, are a divisional rival. And actually, in a couple of years, they're really going to be a divisional rival again. They really will, the way they're, the, the way they're trending. So... I mean, these are kind of four-point games. I know one's against Buffalo's off to a decent start. Ottawa's been okay, but Detroit, you know, so I think down the road, the I know down the road, or I'm confident down the road that all these teams will be in the rearview mirror for the Maple Leafs. But so first things first, so you get the W. Uh, try to 
create some traction at home. You got a homestand now. Just, yeah, try to get comfortable. And, you know, Terry Koshin did say, we had him on before from the Toronto Sun, Leafs Nation pregame. You know, exhibition season's exhibition season. But they played well, so you don't want to just dismiss it. Like, they... They haven't played that well in the regular season as consistent as they did in the exhibition season. So that's what you want to get back to. Yeah, you you do want to see that. You know, a big storyline heading into tonight's game was was the new look blue line. They really shook up the pairs. You know, Travis Dermott, I, I thought he kind of found himself on on the odd end of that uh, towards the tail end of the game. You know, it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of TJ Brody back with with Morgan Riley there. Well, what did you make of the pairs? You know, not to not to just make this about Dermott, but collectively. I, I again, I go back to it. I mentioned it in both intermissions. I. I I really liked that that bottom pair, if you will, of Sandine and Lilligren. What did you see tonight? Yeah, that, that's the one you'd be, um, excuse me, most concerned about. Would Getting be choked the, up, thinking about it. Well, yeah, no, putting the two kids to the young guys together. There, Lilligren was out killing penalties. Uh, now, granted, there was a defenseman in the box, but still. You know, putting him out. So I, I like that. Getting getting their feet wet. Him and Sandine's in, in a, a more experienced, or his feet are wetter than Lilligren's. But, um, yeah, I, again, the D has not been real strong uh, all season long. And uh, tonight better, but also uh, Sheldon Keefe's decided he's going to put his foot down about that. And Justin Hall being a scratch tonight. And then Dermott seen the bench in the third period when he had the one bad giveaway and struggled a little bit. So, you know, it is what it is. It's going to be a work in progress. Yeah, and I think I think the thing is is that as long as Timothy Lilligram was going to play well enough to be in the conversation, we were going to have this conversation where, yeah, okay, you can sit there and go, well, Dermot's on the right side, Lilligren's a right shot D, they're going to swap in and out. But, you know, this team has always been about competition. Obviously, you know, the top end of the roster is set with the big four forwards and Brody and Muzzin and Riley. But it feels to me like Sheldon Keefe has, has always been willing to mix and match and, and try different things. And so it should come as no surprise to us that there's that kind of open competition now. And it feels like Justin Hall's, you know, unfortunately for him, kind of worked himself into that competition. Yeah, it, I mean, and he'll be back. I mean, just, of course. but it's just, you know, there's from Nikita Zaitsev to Miko Lettinen mm-hmm. to Tyson Berry. You know, these different guys have come over touted in different, you know, different ways. I mean, Tyson Berry was a can't miss. And just you, you see that doesn't always happen. And, and uh, uh, you, you know, so you keep looking to add to that decor, which has been Morgan Riley, then Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin, then Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody. And just, you know, uh, again, a Dermot as well about sticking on the blue line, play more, be more of a regular at this point rather than someone uh, that sees the pines in the third period. And, you know, that's hopefully the process of the 82-game season that all these guys get to whatever that next niche is, that next level, certainly on a more consistent basis. Yeah, you, you want to continue to see that, and, and I think you will. I think that's going to be an evolving thing throughout the year. I think that, again, much like much like Sheldon Keefe knows, that, that kind of he can do whatever he wants with those big four forwards mixing and matching them. I think he's trying to figure out just how much he can play around with the blue line. You know, you know uh, Brody and Riley works. Okay, great. You can go back to it if, if need be, and it just seems like he's trying to find other pairs. And I honestly think a big part of that is getting Jake Muzzin going. You know, he, he uh, had his struggles earlier on this season. You know, he gets the goal tonight, but that, that's almost a cherry on top. I know you needed them all because it's just the one goal win, but it, it, it just felt like that was obviously mission one anytime you're playing a game is get the two points. But it felt like if there was a secondary goal for this team, it was to get that blue line just kind of recalibrated and right. And I, I thought for the most part you saw that tonight. Yeah, and again, going into it deeper, 
I mean, the Leafs have not really drafted defensemen well. And, uh, of course, they're all picked in the top eight, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. But they drafted well at forward, and Zach Hyman wasn't a guy they drafted, but he was kind of like that kind of guy. And, you know, and Andreas Janssen, you know, and just they had a few of those guys, and, and they've had to move some of them on. And on D, really, it's Morgan Riley was that high first-round pick. And, boy, that was a brutal draft. I mean, that was the... Uh, that was that was the draft. That was the draft. That was Yakupov, went third. wasn't it? Yakupov yeah. went first, and man, Ryan Murray went fourth, and Yikes. on and on. So Morgan Riley, who missed most most of that season with an injury, so uh, again, that's where you, that's where you that's where you run into problems when the well does not keep producing players. But also for the Leafs, it's you know I go back to Carlo Coliacovo. I'm just I'm trying to think of yeah. names, first round picks that um, didn't end up playing for the team and you know really you look at most teams out there having a stud d that or or, or d that they drafted and developed within yeah it's funny we all we all remember the soundbite from from our former colleague brian burke about about you know i would have taken more of Riley first overall we all kind of sneered and boy uh, i think looking at that draft he's been proven to be right about that obviously first round d when you think of it on this team yes it's riley it's sandine it's a lilligren and you know not say you only want one of them to hit but if one of them can give you 85% 85% of what Morgan Riley's been up to this point in his career. It, it feels kind of like mission accomplished there. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever whatever it be, uh, analytics, statistics, we always want numbers about it. But just, uh, again, I go back in a time before you guys, but just about when they had the great runs in 93 and 94, they didn't have stud defensemen, but they developed a Todd Gill. They traded for a Jamie McCowan, a Sylvain Lefebvre, a Bob Rouse, and a Dave Ellett. And just, you know, none of these names went to the Hall of Fame but they gave them just a steady defense core, and I can see that being, you know, what they want to develop. I guess the Pat Quinn era, you look at Thomas Caberlet and Brian McCabe and, you know, a few like that. That, again, no Norris Trophy candidates, but, again, that's what you want to try to develop with this 2021 version. That's Gordon Stellick. I'm Brent Cunning. You're listening to Leafs Nation Postgame. We want to hear from you guys, 590-590 on the text line. Please include your name and location. More of the postgame show continues on Sportsnet 590, the fan and the Leafs radio network. We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here, of course, our wonderful technical team with us in the media gondola as well. Andrew Dutch and producer Sam McKee, making sure we stay on air. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you uh, whether that's a good thing or bad thing out there listening to Leafs Nation uh, postgame. Uh, John, John Tavares is kind of the story uh, of the night for me. Uh, we'll, we'll bring in our uh, producer Sam McKee here. Sam, you know, you're, you're usually uh, whatever the opposite of Rosie is when, when you're looking <laughs> at things. Uh, well, what, did, what did you take out of tonight's game? Uh, nice for them to get a win, uh, just to follow up that game in Chicago. After you know, how everyone was making fun of them for that being the heroic win over the the Blackhawks, but I think that was just you. But go ahead. Yeah, I had a little bit of that. But no, I will say that tonight was a good win to get it to uh, kind of get some momentum going forward into three tough games next week with Vegas, Tampa, and Boston. Right next week, yeah, because that's a tough week. So it's nice to see them get a win here tonight. I will say I do have a few concerns about the decor, just in terms of the depth there, in terms of guys that actually you know play defense I think Muzzin looked better tonight than he's looked in other games and I'm not sure how much of that has to do with Hall and like you guys are saying I don't, I don't think Hall's 100% I think there's something he's fighting it a little bit so just Lilligren played a lot tonight I thought he was good Sandine played a lot tonight thought he was pretty good it just with those young defensemen you always kind of wonder 
how they're going to stand up to the rigors, if they're going to be playing that much, if they're going to be able to handle it. And they need them to here, so they're going to be leaning on them. But if I had one concern coming out of tonight, I didn't, I didn't think they looked too sharp defensively, and the young guys played a lot. I'll, I'll kind of throw this at both of you, Gord. I'll start with you. You know, the interesting thing about Lilligren is that it seems like with every other kind of defenseman on the team, you have an idea of what it is they bring. With Justin Hall, he's supposed to be. It didn't quite work out this way so far, but he's supposed to be the dependable partner alongside Jake Muzzin. TJ Brody, he's kind of breaking things out. He's, he's skating with his head up. Morgan Riley, similar type thing. Sandine, we keep talking about the poise, his decision-making. And I think Timothy Lilligren, both because he's been here for so long, but we've seen so little of him feels to me like he is the guy that we kind of have the least handle on in this market yeah totally totally and you know uh, i i i saw the marley's play uh in person a bit but a, a decent amount on tv or what have you and uh lilligren was a mystery sandine was a can't miss and lilligren even though he was a first round pick it wasn't like he was a bust but he was just a harder read and you had some doubters that didn't think and he still got a prove he can establish himself in the National Hockey League but I'm yeah I'm, I'm kind of waiting show me what you can do like learn you know I, I still think they had that guy Stuart Percy a couple of years ago he got off to a phenomenal start like if we were doing when we were doing Leafs Nation post game that I mean he, he was one of the three stars twice and you're talking about yeah okay here's here's the guy that I thought we'd still be talking about in 2021 and he showed a lot but he just wasn't able to sustain it so Lilligren's like that uh, hopefully and uh God bless Stuart Percy, but hopefully it's a much longer <laughs> career for Lilligan as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Trying to remember, Mississauga Steelheads legend Stuart Percy, is that who I'm uh, thinking of as, yeah. my, as our producer Sam McKee pulls it up? Oh, man, I uh, I wish I had the ability to remember literally anything else he's, as much as still, I remember where guys play junior. He's still playing in the Czech Republic, Stuart Percy. So for Motor Sesk. Uh, they, I think How about you, that I think you nailed the pronunciation. <laughs> so is that the name? Are they called the Bedoyevichs? <laughs> or is that the name? Well, it's like it's I like no Yager idea. over there. You know, every other team's like, we should name ourselves after whatever we want to be as well. By the way, I am half Czech, so Stelic was Stelichek, in all honesty. Oh, really? So, so I should be able to pronounce that. But okay, well, you I know don't. what? Uh, well, coming back from the next break, we will have the proper Czech uh, pronunciation, courtesy uh, Gord Stelichek or yeah. Stelic now. Uh, well, we'll, we'll phone down to Peter Morazic. Maybe yeah. he'll talk about it in the tonight oh can we get a can we get a question down there i know we have i know we have some bodies maybe we could get luke fox to burn one of his questions on the proper pronunciation of that czech team uh from peter morazic probably not though i i I liked lilligan tonight though i don't want to take away that i i I thought he played pretty well and he got elevated towards the end when dermot kind of fell out of the rotation he was playing alongside muzzin and i think he earned that tonight like i think you know it's going to be a learning process like you said seeing where keith can trust him and what spots he can but he was on the ice with riley at the end of the game here and it was coming off of a whistle it wasn't like he got caught out there so you know i think it's a big opportunity for him here especially with you guys like talking about hall who kind of has fallen into that rotation of guys that can go in and out of the lineup i think it's a big opportunity opportunity for liliagren and i think it was a good first step for him to hear tonight yeah but, but that's not a good thing if justin hall no, is they need so, him so yeah they need so him. first and foremost uh you know um again like terry koshin said start playing like they did last year they had they had a real good 56 game season and canadian based teams but one of them made it all the way to the final mm-hmm. so some people felt it might have been the weakest division it might have been uh but uh edmonton has come out and played like, well, of course, they're in the weakest division too now, but, you know, <laughs> played like gangbusters. And I think a lot of us probably, and they had a four-game sweep, 
Edmonton got a very bitter pill, disappointing pill to end the playoffs. So I think that was kind of the expectation more coming out. And they haven't, you know, played like they did last year where you didn't worry. Of, there, there was no Justin Hall concern uh, at, during the yeah. course of the season where there's legit, there's a legitimate one the last couple of weeks. That's it. And just saying having the con- – you just never thought about it last year, right? Yep. Watching no. the games last year, the thought never even crossed your mind about breaking them up, about even thinking about them coming to the lineup or anything. It was just that was your second pair. They went to the defensive like, – like we always talk about those three glorious games at Edmonton. That's right. But who was shutting down McDavid? It was Hall and Muzzin who were yep. playing – they were draping all over him. So it's, uh, they need him to figure it out in a hurry here because I don't think their defensive depth is that great at the moment. So the Leafs, the Leafs ran away in what might have been the weakest division last year. The Oilers running away in the weakest division this year – what I'm learning is, if you have Zach Hyman and you're in a bad division, it's going to be a fun, fun <laughs> year true. for you. That's what God, I'm learning. He's looking there. great out there. I mean, the, the thing about Hyman looking great out there is, is there is there a soul the who's prob- surprised? The, pro- the problem is, he just looks so happy. Fellas. He, re- I, I will say, I didn't need him to <laughs> smile so big when he had. I mean, the first, the yeah. first goal he scored there was McDavid to Drysaddle tic tac toe, yeah. and he's celebrating. He did, he did his best. Michael Bunting. I think Gord could tonight. have tucked that one. It was, yeah, he was standing in the blue paint. I, well, that one I could have. I don't know if I got, <laughs> but, but, but a, a Zach Hyman was a guy that always. Um, Love being a Toronto Maple Leaf as well. So yeah, he just loved playing hockey. He always he exuded that kind of attitude. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it's not it's not like um, yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's kind of was this understanding and the cap casualty that they didn't have that kind of money, um, less than Morgan Riley money. But yeah, and they didn't. You got to make and that's Carolina well, let Dougie Hamilton go. Teams let guys go, and you got to make you got to make tough business decisions. And I. I think, you know, the, uh, Kipper's been talking about this all week, and I think it's a great point that, you know, you can't you can spend the money on the four forwards, but then you can't have the fifth forward in there making all that money, and you had to, you know, prioritize who you have on defense, and you see what Morgan Riley means to this team in terms of leadership and, and play on the ice, so... And they still got to get Campbell done, so you understand why they did it. Just a tough deal. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing. If, if uh, you know, just to pick on the lowest paid guy, if William Nylander doesn't exist, you can easily pay Zach Hyman the five million dollars. Yeah. But guess what? You're a worse team if you don't have William Nylander and you do have Zach Hyman. Um, you know, we've I, I've sang Willie's praises. I mean, for basically his entire career, but definitely so far this season. And man, that was a uh, that, that was definitely a bad moment for him. On I think it was the five three goal. Yeah, he, is his jock strap still out in the I, ice? Well, no. you know, they've given it two three. Pounds passes with the Zamboni, but it was buried in there because, yeah, that was a uh, that was a bad moment from him. And, and quite frankly, I thought, you know, Matthews Matthews had a tough moment on, on one of the other Detroit goals tonight. So, you know, we talk about defense and we talk about it a lot. And look, the D, the, the actual D core needs to play well, but you need your big guys, you know, helping you out as well. And I think, you know, not to get down on Nylander, I think Nylander's a perfectly fine player and he's paid appropriately because he has these like the start of the season he was one of the best forwards in the NHL he was playing so well and then he goes through these doldrums where he has games where he's not nearly as noticeable and he'll come back up he'll fi- he'll find a way to get around 25 30 goals close to there he'll always be around that number but he does have these games where he's not as noticeable and he's not as engaged and that's why he makes four million dollars less than Mitch Marner right like it's just I mean we can argue about Marner or whatever but I think what Nylander does is just a little bit more inconsistent, and I think that's why he's paid a little less. Well, a little bit more, stre- a little bit more streaky yeah. to your point, but yeah. it's been a lot more settled the last year and a, you know year For sure. and a bit. But because 
It's been more of a it's been more of a dimmer switch as opposed to like the actual light switch early yeah. on. It was oh just yeah, like on or off. No, no, no. And now yeah, he, was, he was he was more the, of a dimmer. He up was, and yeah. down. Yeah. yeah, he was the Mike Babcock project. Mike Babcock like keeping him on a short leash and you know going back there. But since then, he's been way, way, way more consistent. No but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we so it's funny we break down the minutia what you do of the game. And you can't you you don't want to over evaluate everybody uh, all game either, and also you don't want to keep coming up and talking the big you know the big 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 picture and all that stuff. What the you know, just so it's um, yeah, but it's just uh, but Leaf fans are in that kind of mode though. It just it just is just you know they 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 don't know what it is, but they know what it is. It's playoff disappointment, so you can't get that eradicated in October, November, December, you know. But uh, but you want to see things that maybe give you more hope. But you saw those last year. Yep. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't matter at the end. William Nylander might have been on a short leash with Mike Babcock, but at least he got one. Justin yeah. Hall was tethered in, into that uh, doghouse during his time here. You want to sneak a text? Gordo, you'll, you'll like this text. Okay. Steve from Hamilton. Finally, a little relief for uh, for some of the Leafs, along with a little relief for some of the fans. fans relax. Relax. I like it. I like it. I like oh, it. Yeah. No, hey, you should always relax. Number one, it's not good for your health if you don't relax. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, and 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 I think for most people, the sky isn't falling down. And I know everyone loves to jump on that. And oh, you know, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto comes and shows up, sell out crowd, supports the team, pays the highest ticket prices, passionate fans. What do you want, man? So it's just it's uh, people. People being a sports fan means you you can extreme extreme emotional things. That's Rosie, oh, Rosie Demano. How about go. that? Yeah, that. I haven't seen her for a while. You don't see anybody in this press. Court Snelling's a mayor around here. I just have to say the the <laughs> the cavalcade of well wishers. I I wish I was kidding. Actually bringing you gifts in here. It's been it's been incredible. Well, that was There's, Ken Daniels. That, that was, was like good. sixteen hugs before yeah. the game even starts. Every every five minutes are oh, coming I'm, in kissing cheeks. Oh, I don't know if, oh, don't know if hugging or kissing cheeks. Oh, yeah. Anyway, fist bumps. We're all yeah. vaccinated in here. Yeah. Actually, but like the crowd, it's like nice, just nice to be back. This is our Big third time. game here. I know. Third game in like six hundred days. I know. Right. Yeah. I know. So, it's awesome. So so I think that's the other thing where we're working through as well you know you got to watch baseball and the jays and the crowd come back and now we're getting to experience it and the raptors are getting to experience and and um we're working out of this world together hey and people people have hammered on crowds in this building but i think so far this year really really good crowds and i'm sure a lot of it is everything you said but i think especially given the kind of you know conversation around the team the malaise that we talked about people will be shocked to hear how it sounds in this building that's gord stellick i'm brent gunning you're listening to leafs nation post game on sportsnet 590 the fan and the leafs radio network don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave. But we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, talking you through a 5-4 Leafs win. Uh, it wasn't pretty, especially at the tail end, but they managed to hang on and pick up the two points. You know, this is now back-to-back wins. They're going to be looking for their third straight win when they're back at home, or, well, I guess they don't leave. They're in the midst of a homestand Vegas here on, on Tuesday. It, it, it's just, it, it doesn't get any easier, and I think it was, it, you know, it was important to get your two points tonight because of what's ahead of you, but it was really, really important to find some way to build on the momentum of Wednesday 
and that's what this team has to do. They just have to kind of get the snowball rolling downhill because I firmly believe once this team gets on a roll, it really won't look back kind of once it gets going. Shouldn't, shouldn't, you know, but, you know, two years ago, again, it took drag. Again, that's part, we've seen this before. It took drastic action, changing the coach. And uh, uh, But you, I use, I'm using the word traction. I agree with you just about, you know, let's get the first real traction of the season. Take advantage. Things are going the right way. Good on them. They corrected it after a midway point against Chicago. And now home sweet home. Try to make it home sweet home for a bit. One other thing I wanted to, to point out tonight, you know, I've I've harped on the officiating a lot during, during these post-game shows. And I, uh, I was ready. I was ready to be irate when Morgan Riley got called because, man, you want to talk about a game-swinging play. If he does get called for the high stick there and it doesn't get reviewed after the Detroit, it, it's a completely different game, especially the way the Leafs were kind of spinning, quite, quite, quite frankly there. But there were three, four, five plays in the third period that it looked like the Leafs committed infractions in their own end and it just kind of went away. And I, just, I, I guess I'm just saying that you're going to hear me complain about the officiating a ton this year. You might as well hear me once uh, actually say that it, it, it affected the Leafs in a positive way because I, I thought they got away with a few calls. And once again, it's just, you know, it's so hard to know what's going to be called, what, what isn't at, at this point in time. Yeah, and good on having video review. You have that tool, and they did, and that used it and showed uh, uh, conclusively that it wasn't Morgan Riley's stick. He was in the play, but it was a Red Wing teammate stick that cut the player. And, and uh, power play, yeah, Red Wings really showed a classic power play goal. And for the Maple Leafs, it was their second power play unit uh, that scored the power play goal. You really want the number one unit to get going, but you'll take just take power play goals, um, period, because that, that is, you know, I wonder how much that is the crux of the matter because it's such a momentum drainer, and it has been abysmal. Well, and it, and it, it is, and we talk about Matthews and the fact that he just has the one so far. You, you think he's not sitting there every time a power play comes, gripping the stick just, just a little tighter. I don't think he's pressing. I don't think he's nervous or anything like that. But, you know, these guys want their cookies, and they want to win games. And guess what? If Austin Matthews gets his cookies, you're probably going to win a, a lot of games. And it just it feels to me like he maybe more than anybody else has been affected by the, the slow power play to start the year. I guess you can lump Marner in with that as well. Yeah, well, Marner looked to me like he was pressing more than, you know, Matthews. Matthews did miss three games, but just about – getting going yeah it's just that whole thing they they just uh, um and and what uh, what leaf fans had observed because it was there they just uh, they weren't in a funk you, you weren't on a losing streak but they they just were out, out of sync compared to the team we saw last year they're not just the 656 games but the uh first four games of the stanley cup playoffs uh, i gave i gave the you know in my opinion you you didn't think it was so great i gave the wonderful stat in the second intermission, every point by uh, by an Ontario guy, uh, Alex Kerfoot, had to, had to screw that up. Uh, the Vancouver guy, although all Canadians uh, picking up points for the Leafs tonight, just thought it would uh, just thought it would flag that there. You know, speaking of Kerfoot, he gets a couple points. He sets up Savarez. Tavares sets up him. Well, what did you What did you make of Kerfoot's game tonight? Because he's another one of these guys who it seems like there's there's a very high variance in terms of how you feel about his game night to night. And because he's making a little more than some of the other guys, you know that you. You affix For sure. their salary number two of them, particularly when you're hard up against the cap always. And, uh, like, I like him a lot. I've been a believer he can do more. Uh, I I like that he's a guy you can put in the top six uh, and then or else have on the third line, you know, what have you, his flexibility that way. And, uh, and you're getting a little bit of power play time from time to time. So uh, I, I was, you know, that was the Nazem Kadri trade. And there were reasons, and it was mostly money, why Nazem Kadri, it was funny, Nazem Kadri and John and Austin Matthews had, what, about 30, 
30 goal seasons you yep. know, together and you know first only one other time had two centers had 30 goal seasons in the same year so i'd like to see yeah, I'd, I'd like him to break out a little bit more kerfoot all right well let's hear from uh leafs head coach shelton keith what did he think of kerfoot tonight well, it's positive right you, you mean we need to get results we've had some games early in the season we played really well didn't get results and those don't feel very very good so to get results is good for sure but you know, as we as we see the, just the way that that third period is, the way that it goes. You know, with them getting, continuing to get back in the game, continue to push. That's that's not nearly good enough. Having said that, what do you think of that first period? Detroit was in the game in the first. Yeah, well, in the first ten minutes, I thought we were really we were really strong. We had great con- lots of control. Uh, I, I really liked our first ten minutes for sure. Uh, I thought we we got stalled a little bit there in this in the latter part of the first period, up until probably like the very last few shifts. We ended up scoring, obviously. It was a huge goal for us. But, yeah, our start was good. I liked a lot of things about that, for sure. That was very positive. Um, you know, I liked parts of our second period, too. You know, there was, there was some good stuff happening within our game, uh, for sure. I just, you know, uh, maybe part of it is we just haven't had the lead late in games enough this season. But uh, we've got more than enough experience on our team that we should be better than that in terms of handling it and, and uh you know, lots of good teaching points for us to come out of it. So you get the win and an opportunity to use it as a chance to to be better the next time out and get used to, to playing with leads and get comfortable with it, which is really a, a staple of, of you know, any any good hockey team. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it. What do you think, Collab, that Tavares line has played so much offense? I missed the first part of your question. What did you think, Collab, that that line has oh, played so much offense? I just thought all three players had real strong games. All, all three guys played with speed, made plays with the puck. They were confident, and then they were competitive. Loose puck battles, I mean, John Tavares was all over it tonight. Uh, Mitch, that's two games in a row now. I th- think Mitch is, has really been strong coming through the neutral zone or on entries and just confidence with the puck. Uh, and then Kerf, um, also two games now, has been really strong. Great to see that line get rewarded today. But I just thought all three players were just, you know, I thought they were just dialed in in all, all areas of their game, offensively, defensively. I thought they were dominant. Well, I know you like the, the five-man units at all times, but when you're the five players play together, what do you think of the defense pairs uh, separately saying how they did? I thought they did well. You know, I really liked Sandy Lilligren in the offensive zone, did a, a number of really good things for us. Those guys look confident. You can see the chemistry they have with each other. They, you know, they played a lot of time together in the American League. They played together in the NHL before. They're good friends. Um, I, li- I like that. I thought uh, I, I thought it was Muzzin's best game uh, of the season here so far. So I, I like that pair with Brody and, and, and you know Moe's been strong for us all season. And I think Dermot, uh, you know, paired well with him here there tonight as well. So. You know, I, I like the way that that flowed for sure. I, I thought we had a number of guys that had strong games tonight. I just think in the third period, you know, you need to be really connected, really focused, and really purposeful with how you play when we have leads. And, and I just thought we, you know, we didn't have enough of that. Uh, so that's why you know, the win should feel better than it does. But let's not kid ourselves. It's hard to win games in this league. So you know, we're not going to stress about it too much. What do you like about how Muzzin and Brody might be able to to build something together here? The potential for those two guys. Yeah, it's a good question. It's something, you know, we, we did it for a little while last season, but it was something we were curious about, you know, uh, through most of last season, just because both players are very strong defensively. They're obviously veteran guys. They've seen a lot in the league. 
Uh, we just we didn't get to see a lot of it because a we stayed healthy for most of the season, which you know it's usually injuries that kind of force you to to move things around and try different things. But you know our top four last season was pretty strong and we were going pretty well as a team all the way through with Muzzin Hall and, and uh, Mo with Brody. So we didn't change it much. So they haven't spent a great deal of time together, but it's something we've been curious about for a long time. And to get another look at it here tonight is a is a good thing. I think the timing of it was right as we've talked about just needing to to try some different things with our group. Um, in terms of what we can get out of it, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. Because be, it's not just that pairing. It's just how does it affect the other pairings and who plays together and, and all those types of things. Obviously, as we look ahead into next week, you know, we've got some, some very strong opponents, very deep forward groups coming in, and that presents some challenges that's going to, you know, force us to, to look at it a little bit closer. Things like go for Mitch tonight. One more time, sorry. How big is the goal for Mitch Marner? Uh, huge. I, I mean, uh, he's, again, two, two really strong games where I thought he's been really dominant with the puck and really confident and comfortable. Um, and we know he's a playmaker. He's a distributor, all those things. And I think he's done a nice job to help his line mates, you know, come alive and, and get better. Obviously, you saw, you know, last game with John, uh, the goal that he scored, you know, off of Mitch. And obviously, you know, it was it – was, uh, Kerfoot to, to Johnner today, but Mitch just also just was all around the puck, uh, you know, even when, when puck didn't go in the net. But it's one, it's one thing to, to do that, but, you know, it's another thing to just see a zero there by your name and, and to, for him to get that tonight is big. And those are the types of goals that seem to, seem to, to go in for you. And then, you know, things seem to fall in place. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll see more of that from Mitch here in terms of his confidence just continuing to grow. You mentioned the win should feel better than it does, and Jake had a good game. But when you stop from the list, it still kind of seemed in a bit of a, a dour mood about where his game's at. Do you sense that? Is that just his personality? I think it's part of his personality. You guys have known him long enough here now to know he's not going to show you very much in here. Um, whether he's he's playing great and the team's rolling or 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 not as much, I think that's that's part of Jake. But he's. This guy's won the Stanley Cup. You know, he's got high expectations. He's got high standards of himself and of our team. Uh, so, you know, the fact that we win this is again they haven't been they haven't been perfect games by any means. But that's four points now in the last two games for us as a team. And the fact that we got players that come in and you can sense that they still they still know we've got to get better and work to improve. I look at that as nothing but a positive. What, if anything, can that top power play unit take from the second unit and when they have success? Um, I mean, I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, today we were almost running out of time and both units were a little ugly, and then, you know, finally they just shot one in and, uh, you know, we're in a good spot and they tip it in. There's something to be said about just putting that in. I think if you actually look at it, you go back. Uh, Austin made the very same play into into William, you know, and and just didn't quite connect and kind of ended that that unit. And then the second unit, you know, had a couple sloppy entries and then finally found its way to that look that we were trying to get. Um, but I think those guys, when they go out, that that second group, they 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 play within the structure and with how you know they want they want they want to play. I think there's. Um, when you're on that second group, there's a little more urgency to everything that you're doing because you usually don't get as much time. You know, so there's all those kind of pieces. But, you know, we only had really the one power play tonight, obviously. And um, Detroit made it hard on us on a couple of the entries. 
which just makes it tough. You can't, we lost the face-off to start with. So I wouldn't judge too much off of tonight's power play uh, from what we saw from our first unit. And I think it was, we'll just focus more on what we saw in the, in the game the other night. Uh, but the fact that our power play found a way to get a goal for us, obviously, is huge. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. There is Leafs head coach Shelton Keefe following the win at home over the Red Wings on a Saturday night. What a way to spend your Saturday here with us. Gord Stellick alongside me, Brent Gunning, will continue and really will wrap things up here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. After a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick wrapping things up here. The Leafs pick up another two points at home with a 5-4 win over the Red Wings. That is back-to-back wins for the Leafs. Now, Gord, the homestand will continue on Tuesday against the Golden Knights. Justin Hall not in the lineup tonight. Travis Dermott not playing much down the stretch. Do you think we'll see the same blue line we saw tonight, or does Justin Hall find his way back in? I think he's going to find his way back in. You know, you got Vegas Tuesday, then Tampa Bay Thursday, Boston Saturday, Yikes. and in the Atlantic Division. I mean, those were the, those have been the rivals. Florida's just emerging now, so um, it's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be really a litmus test, good evaluation week for the Maple Leafs. But uh, I, I think I believe Justin Hall will be back in. Yeah, I would, uh, I would imagine so as well. Uh, you know, Dermot could dry out. Who knows? Maybe Lilligram. We shall see. Leaps back at it on Tuesday, picking up a win tonight at home. Gord, always tons of fun being down at the rink with you. Thanks so much for tonight. I, I think you say lots of fun. You know, home sweet home. Let's see. There we go. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Thanks to everybody. Vic back at the station. Andrew Dutch Holland and Sam McKee alongside me here. Most importantly, thank you for listening. This has been Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.